my favorites too. He talks about the first ninety minutes, what leaders do before the, anything else in the day. Mm-hmm. They get up early. What are they? You know, what are the things mm-hmm. that they're doing to start their day? And it's super consistent about exercise is key. Yeah. You know, how you get those endorphins, you know, yeah. up and moving. And you've mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit with exercise. But, you know, what are you listening to? It's, it's garbage in, garbage out. And yeah. I know that I've put garbage in. in, in yeah, and and I've, I've gotten to a point where even when I work out, I just I listen to either a, a, a healthy podcast yeah. 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 or something to that. Welcome to the Gladiator Seminars Podcast. Host Aaron Chavez each week brings you an inspiring person, interesting topic, or message to help inspire you to reach higher levels of awareness in your life and business. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Here Here we we go. go. Let's start the seminar. Well, Cap, I'd like to welcome you to the show today, the 2017 Principal of the Year. How you doing? Hey, thanks. I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, come in here and chat with you. I know we've had some some great off the uh, off the mic uh, conversations, and just a, a cool opportunity to chat a little more. Yeah, it's it's an honor to have you here. We've known each other for quite a long time. I know your dad just a little bit longer because he was my prof in. When I was working on my master's, so it's great okay. to have you here and yeah. make sure you tell your dad hello. I will him. do that. I will do that. Yeah, he's a longtime thirty-year principal, and then a, you know did did his thing in the college level, and uh, still works for the vet with the veterans of the American Legion at eighty-four. Wow. Yeah. So what the heck have you been up to, Cap? Um, you know, I had some opportunities in uh, 2016 and uh, was out presenting. I think that's where our paths crossed, if you remember correctly. I think yep. our paths crossed in the, in the conferencing area at an AWSP. And and I started doing that um, in the early 2000s and then kind of took it um, to the next level in 2016. And uh, in 2017, I kind of put the foot on the gas and really started getting out there and uh, having opportunities to, to present all over the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I hear in your stories about you flying all over the country because, <laughs> you know, you don't even really have a website. No, I uh, don't. You're just a great speaker, great oh, entertainer, thanks. and uh, it's word of mouth, and <laughs> and uh, people just it's. I want to get there someday. I want to get. Uh, yeah, where you're I'd at. love to. I'd love. To, I actually, I'd love to tag team something with you. I think that we would be probably a pretty good, pretty good blend. Um, you know, I think that oddly, you know, I have been in uh, 38 states in the last two years, but. Really, I've kind of fallen in love with the consulting piece. I think mm-hmm. the consulting piece, I've enjoyed it with the presenting. I, I do everything from middle school kids, middle school, high school, to uh, Fortune 500 companies. I had some opportunities to be in some really large companies. Um, and and I fell in love with the corporate piece of it, but I really missed the kids. And when I stepped away from education in 2017, I just missed that. That I missed the collegial component of, of a staff but I also really miss the kids yeah. and just hearing their stories and, and that social emotion. We talk about sell, yeah. you know, that social emotional learning piece. Totally. Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, just miss, miss the kids. We both left education in 2017. I left the Waluke School District. What district were you in? Well, I was from, uh, I, I transferred from uh, Richland School District into over to the Spokane Valley at East Valley. And then okay. um, I had the opportunity to be in, you know, I think you and I actually were working in uh, ESD one or 171 way back in the day when you were up in Brewster. You were doing some great things in Brewster. I think I was in Warden at that time. Oh, really? Okay. That's, yeah. that's right. That's right. So, um, 
What else you been up to? Do you say so you've been speaking? You've been consulting? Yeah. So you know, I you know I've had the opportunity to kind of launch. Um, I was working with a uh, it's called the International Leadership Firm out of L.A. Um, they were setting up a lot of different gigs. Um, I was going to do the speaking thing for like about ninety days, and then kind of took off on its own. Uh, really lucky to have opportunities that they opened up some doors and then LinkedIn of all things, LinkedIn and Twitter and some of my social media kind of picked up a couple of other opportunities, but the uh, positive focus group is what I launched um, with a couple of people. Um, and, and for myself, I was really focused on education. And then it, all of a sudden I have a business background and I worked in business prior to getting into education. And that opened up some doors that I never thought were going to be open with uh, some sports psychology and sports coaching. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I've talked a little bit about mental edge coaching. Yeah, so so you've been doing some coaching. Yeah, I have too. I kind of put my sign out on the internet in 2017. Coached a physician here in town. Nice. Uh, worked with him for quite a while, and then picked up a couple other clients as well. Uh, really, I really enjoy that. Yeah, I do too. Uh, it, it's funny though, coaching when you're talking with someone, coach working through whatever issues they're facing. You know, the one topic that always, I mean, the one topic that seems to come up. It's marriage, man. Everyone wants to talk about <laughs> well, something that's going on. Yeah, and their- I think I think we're both pretty transparent. We're pretty <clears throat> candid about some of our challenges. I think we were both. We've talked about this off, off the, off the mic a lot of times where we've said we just dumped our heart and souls into our jobs and yeah. put in seventy, you know, seventy hour weeks. And I think that unfortunately, I think we focused on our our own kids, but sometimes we forgot about the the, the personal life. And I yeah. think for myself, I've had to kind of learn that the hard way as well. Yeah. So yeah, I was always always one to tell my team take you know family first family first right and i i didn't always do that and unfortunately and it i ended up going through a divorce in 2014 i think it was 2014 went through a divorce for the most part because i wasn't taking care of you know the 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 family like i need i was spending too many hours at work sure so focused on trying to like uh, weather the, whatever storm we were facing at the time in the district, right? Uh, most of a couple of my districts uh, have been, you know, there's been gang activity, pretty high levels of gang activity, and then there were other, you know, big issues that we were. Facing. Well, and Aaron, I know you, you. I know you play a very humble card. Um, I know that, in, in kind of two aspects of things that I've really enjoyed with you, the success that you did have in some of the districts that you've been in, you had to take and move massively and not you weren't able to just sit back i think you had to go in and move pretty quickly and it wasn't like you could sit back and do it a year i think that some of those things that i saw kind of um from the cheap seats watching you as a leader and then we'd collaborate a little bit uh, off you know at awsp and wasa and some of those things you had some great success with that and the other piece to it and, and another piece that you're super humble is your gladiator seminars have been phenomenal um i know that you've done some workshops i know you're doing some coaching i know that you're doing a a lot of that and even this podcast i mean you're really taking it takes a lot of courage just to kind of throw something new out there yeah, and yeah. and stay positive <laughs> and uh you know I'm, i've really enjoyed watching the first couple episodes that you've been doing and and yeah. completely humbled and honored to be here with you today well thanks i appreciate it i you know it's like i've never <clears throat> been really too afraid to try something you right. know uh even as a leader you know dan farrell who was a mentor of mine he actually was a, the interim superintendent of Brewster. I get I get there. Dan's counsel coaching to me was think big. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of tried to think big in every you know leadership position I've been in. 
Um, but the gladiator seminars, I've enjoyed that because like you, I like to teach. I like to be involved. Right. right. Just helping people hit the next level. So I started that company in 2017. Um, then started the coaching and moved to Spokane. And I've been doing a little traveling as well with the consulting and the, and the coaching and the, and the, the trainings. What have you, what have you, what's something that you've learned? Like I, I, I've kind of started thinking about really reflecting in 2019 because I did a lot of my research this year, um, far more of that research this year than I did last year. What's something you learned that you would have never been able to learn just isolated in a small district? I mean, like, you know, you're, you're leading, say, anywhere from 600 to 3,000 people in a small district. What's something you've learned in that piece? I'm curious for yourself as a leader, what's something you would take into the next leadership role you go into? I think the biggest thing would be just, it's all about relationships. It truly is. Uh, you have to build relationships. Uh, so you have that foundation to be able to do the things that you need to do as a leader. There'll be things that come up on your radar, uh, things that you need to take action around. And if you don't have those relationships, uh, you don't have anything. You're not going to be able to move forward with those different initiatives and different things that come up uh, when you when you take on a big leadership position. What else? So we've been talking a little bit about maybe writing a book together, actually. Yeah, ironically, you know, I think I was sharing with you uh, just this week, we were talking, you know, we, we had a conversation about, you know, kind of a leadership style book. And and I think you pulled something that I, I love, the, the name. And then all of a sudden, you know, I have I work with the Pac-12 and I do a lot of different schools and I work with either their athletic programs or their student bodies or the incoming freshmen. And we were talking about uh, University of Arizona. Now, I one of my great clients is Arizona State, so they they if they hear this, they'll probably be going, "What the heck are you doing going down to Arizona?" Well, they have blue chip. It's called blue chip leadership. It's like they're mm-hmm. kind of like what WSU has is their cool guys and gals, but it's the blue chip. And then it was funny because we've talked about that as a title uh, of a book of a leadership book. You want to kind of talk about what the blue chip leader is? Yeah, to me, a blue chip leader is someone who has the whole package. I know as a former coach myself, I coached at the high school and the junior high levels. Uh, We had occasionally, we had a blue chipper, we'd call them. They had the size, they had the speed, they had the, the work ethic, they had the knowledge. And to me, that's what a blue chip leader is too. They have the knowledge, they have the the uh, communication skills, uh, they understand uh, the uh, politics that goes around with a lot of these leadership positions. Um, and then obviously they have a work ethic that's uh, uh, bar none. What about you, Doug? What do you think a blue chip leader is? And you know, the boss a lot of times says I, and you know the the leader says we and and sometimes they they will go in and a boss will demand versus you know the the the, the leader obviously will coach they get in the trenches with yes, them yes. and they'll they'll dive in whether it's something data related or culture related or climate yeah. um, it's something that's really kind of a key piece where sometimes a boss might use a person for their own gains versus leaders will develop people and and, and stay with them yep. and I love what Steve Jobs talked about is hi- hiring yeah. and something I've been working with with a lot of different companies is the hiring process of you don't always hire what you already have. Yeah. You hire those people that are, in my mind, uh, can bring something to the table. Yeah. And they might not fit the climate and culture, but you have to bring somebody else into the to get better. Yeah, so. and, and strengthen your weaknesses, right. whatever they might be. You know, We all have natural areas of giftedness. And as a leader, I know I always tried to hire um, 
people who had maybe something we were lacking. I know one example would be where when I poached a principal from uh, the Grandview School District. No. The Grandview <laughs> School District uh, at the time was, and I think they still are. Uh, they are they were really ahead in, as far as coaching, right. coaching teachers. Okay, they had great systems in place. So nice. we ended up uh, going through uh, so a round of interviews, and we brought someone up from Grandview, and we ended up hiring her uh, because she just had brought all the systems, all that knowledge that we didn't necessarily have. So it was really going to help our organization take two or three really big steps forward quickly because she would bring all that knowledge with her. So And, and, and I'm assuming it worked out for that and from the positive. Oh, yeah. Too. It was yeah. a great, yeah, yeah. She brought her kids up. They all awesome. got embedded into the community. Uh, they were hardcore, hardcore Brewster Bear fans. Oh, okay. So uh, it was a great, it was a great hire. And and as we all know, <laughs> sometimes uh, you don't always hire the person you think you hired. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Boy, but, in, but in this case, it was a great hire. Um, but some of the, some of my biggest mistakes as a leader have been. Uh, Hiring, you know, you mean you think you right. you're on no, paper, you're on paper, you are one thing. They come in, they interview great, right, and then you get them on site, and then like it usually it takes you a year to get to know someone, sure, uh, and then all of a sudden all these red flags start going up, right, and you're like, oh shit, man, what <laughs> what 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 did we get right. ourselves into here? Right. So then you go into that coaching, mm-hmm. and you try to coach them up, coach them up, and then. Uh, uh, hopefully you can get them where you need them so so that you can continue. And I think that's pretty consistent. I mean, having a chance to work with some really good companies all the way from uh, ConocoPhillips to Nike to other places, I think that I hear that consistently with a lot of leaders. Um, you know, com- coming from, you know, I had a, a sports marketing background before I went into education, but it, there's real consistency and the 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 length or the longevity of what the hires are now mm-hmm. some of our and there's some amazing talented millennials but they're not necessarily staying in the positions where even like our folks where our parents were back years ago uh-huh. you'd get hired by a company and you'd stay loyal to that company for an extended amount of time yeah. so it, it's a different model now yeah I, I've heard that same two thing too millennials are aren't staying on in in jobs as long uh, and that to me as a Former school superintendent, a uh, person who's going in and like you, consulting with yeah. uh, businesses. Uh, the, all the resources that go towards um, training and coaching, and then they're only going to be there for two or three years, and then you have to rehire. To me, that's kind of a scary thing. And so you better make sure that you have some people on the bench in your organization yeah. that you can, you can move up quickly if you have someone jump ship on you you know, a couple years into it because – you're always you always need to be developing your bench, just like John Maxwell says. The bench, it's the law of the bench. Mm-hmm. Your bench is is where you're going to win championships. Yeah. So, right, and I love that. And you know, Maxwell and a couple of others even talk um, about the the aspect of what is your passion, finding out what that person's goal is. You know, they they you could in a school setting, you might hire a paraeducator where they may have a goal to walk themselves into teaching. I know that I, I took, um, I have a amazing colleague that was a bus driver. Uh, this gal worked in the kitchen for a couple of years, transitioned to bu- a bus driver for about three years. And then she started working her education, raising three kids on her own. And then she became a teacher about three years after that. So it took her a, an extended amount of time, but 
early on I learned find out what their what their what their goal is. Yes. And I've also seen where I've had teachers or you know even in the business world where you have people that they have other goals they're working but that's not necessarily their goal. They're, a teacher may not want to be a principal. Uh, you know. Yeah. And I I have, gosh there's so many talented teachers. I'm so pro union pro teachers of the things that they're doing and they have massive as we've talked about massive challenges with testing and some of the things. Yeah. But know what the goal is. No, yeah. Maybe they have a personal goal that you can support too. Yeah. Maybe they have a professional goal. Yeah, yeah. I, and I talked. I actually, I just just recently talked about that in my last podcast when I had posted a uh, podcast. It's about a fifteen minute podcast around goals. Right. Uh, the belief that everyone needs to have basically three foundational goals. That mm-hmm. first goal being their daily or weekly goal. Yeah. The big, the things that they want to tackle that day or that week. Um, and then the second goal is their developmental goal around like just developing themselves, trying to get to the next level. Right. And then the third goal is the big vision. Like you say, the vision goal, where do you want to be in five years? Right. I think that, you know, we've talked about some of the podcast people that we like, like in the Joe Rogans and the Jay Moores and some fun guys to listen to, but they really do talk about life one-on-one. I really love what they talk about. Tom Bayou is one of my favorites too. He talks about the first 90 minutes, what leaders do before anything else in the day. Mm -hmm. They get up early. What are they, you know, what are the things Mm -hmm. that they're doing to start their day? And it's super consistent about exercise is key. Yeah. You know, how you get those endorphins, you know, yeah. up and moving. And you've talked about that a little bit with exercise. But, you know, what are you listening to? It's, it's garbage in, garbage out. And yeah. I know that I've put garbage in. in, in yeah, and and I've, I've gotten to a point where even when I work out, I just I listen to either a, a, a healthy podcast yeah, 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 yeah. or something. So, Cap, let's talk about customer service. Where have you seen the best customer service in our region or in our city of Spokane? to go to chicken and mo chicken downtown downtown yeah, yeah, little red saying, yeah. thing yeah, it's yeah. kind of across the street from our satellite which yeah. we both love that little place yeah, too yeah. but but uh you go to this place and there's this gal and i'll bet you she's 20 some years old. i've never met anybody ever in uh-huh. in all my travels yeah. with customer service and i asked her and she just talks about how positive she's like i see the good in everybody she knows we have a lot of homeless people that come through here we have a lot of things and she goes i try to find the, the one positive thing yeah. about it. i'm like that is awesome but disney yeah, is disney. is yeah. they do it right yeah well you you'll see uh, that companies that are really good at customer service law number 1 in my book is the law of connection you've got to connect with your customer like if you smile you're actually releasing oxytocin in your brain Mm -hmm. dopamine and if you can smile to a customer nine times out of ten they're Mm going to smile back at you that's awesome you're going to get a hit they're going to get a hit of oxytocin dopamine Uh, i tell a story in my book when i was over in uh, seattle doing a training over there i walked into a burger king to get a get a coffee this gal is doing the fries she sees me walk in she hits this like ear to ear smile with me. Wow. And I'm like, I look behind me because I didn't know who the heck she was looking at. But I started smiling. I'm looking at her. She's <laughs> looking at me. I'm just like getting a black coffee before I go to my trainer, sure. my training. And, uh, but anyway, I weaved my way through the line. The gal who was actually helping me, no eye contact, no smile. I lost my connection. I kept on looking at the other gal though. 
Uh, but that's just one example. You've got to make a connection with your customer. I love that. Smiling. Like, Since 2007, 2008, I've always yeah. wanted to, you know, because the customer service piece is something, because I had a business background before going into education, yeah. that was a piece with public relations that I adamantly wanted to have in the buildings that yeah. I was in, like with the culture and climate. And there's some times where when you're working 70 hours, you're yeah. going to you're gonna fail too. Yeah. And, and I've, totally. I've fallen trapped to that as well. Yeah. So as I, when I left education in 2017, I was like, like, you i was always thinking about it i'm like oh i gotta make something happen here so uh actually just went got back from uh, the tri-cities uh recently and did a training around leadership customer mm-hmm. service with some business people uh got some great feedback got some people were wanting pictures and things right uh gave them free copies of the book that's great uh and so yeah yeah just really grateful to be able to have written that the thing of it is is you may not have there's some components to if you've got a goal if you want to write a book if you want to go into acting if you want to go do some things chase that there's no expiration date and sometimes i think sometimes people just get depressed and they don't think they can and here's the thing if they say they can't they're going to be right if they say (laughs) they can they could be right and that's that's really key in my mind as i go out and speak to folks oh totally you you are what you think you are Mm-hmm. And if you if you you really got to monitor your inner voice closely, mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the things I talk a lot about with not only st- students uh, but staff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What what is that yeah. little voice saying to you? Uh, is it saying you're not any good? You can't do this, right? Uh, if you have a bad habit of like that going to that inner voice, you got to shut it down. Uh, and the, the best way i found and we you you and i've had these side conversations it's all it's about action you got to start taking action because as soon as you start taking action that little voice gets quieter and quieter (laughs) because you're taking action you're making something happen if you're wanting to write a book like i shared with you i wrote a you know i wrote 30 minutes a day i'm gonna write 30 minutes a day on this chapter right i'm gonna do research on this chapter uh, and then I just over time I said, okay, I got to set a deadline. I want right. to I want to have this thing done by we, yeah, the exactly. new year. And so I've got to I've got to make this happen. And that's what we got to do with that blue chip leader. Right. And well, gotta, I think we both have a couple of other projects that that are in the in the works that I think we we do need to do something to that effect. Um, you know, you went back and you, you you talked about that piece with staff or students, and I've learned that often. These kids and a lot of the staff or whoever it may be, a lot of times a kid that's a 13-year-old kid, they don't care how many master's degrees you have. They don't care about your certifications. They don't care about any of those things. They feel and oftentimes know very quickly if you care about them. Mm -hmm. And it's not about what what you know sometimes it's just what you show yeah. and what you how you show them and care for them and those types of things and so you know that that little seed that you plant with them you have no idea how long you can cultivate that so doug tell me who are some blue chip leaders out there in our region in washington state blue chip leaders blue chip leaders in my mind Erin jones what she's doing out in the world with equity is amazing mm-hmm. trevor green brand new superintendent in yakima school district may he he may be one of the best blue chip leaders i've ever seen Mm -hmm. and he brings kind of the full package taj jensen who's an amazing leader in Mm -hmm. tacoma school district chris barnes guy down in Mm -hmm. arizona one of my clients down at uh, student choice high school in arizona randy Uh, russell randy russell is one of my favorites i mean he's and he is randy russell and and trevor are two and they all those guys that i just mentioned are all they are all 
customer service. They get it. Mm-hmm. They truly get it. I mean, I've seen some great assistant principals. I've seen, you know, there's so many great leaders in education. But, you know, at the end of the day, those folks that are working with those kids in the trenches, those paraeducators, that bus driver that high-fives that kid on and off, yeah. learning about those kids, and then the teachers, all the work that they're doing. And they've got massive, massive pressure with the testing. And that's a whole that's a whole other podcast that I could get into about yeah. testing, brother. So, Doug, let's talk about your best advice for a person who just got their first principal position. Uh, what's your best insights for them? The best advice, you know, I, I constantly talk about, you know, is the three, the three aspects of be innovative, continue yeah. to don't, don't lose that piece of being innovative, inspire and invest, mm-hmm. try to invest, but you can't do it alone. We've talked about mentors mm-hmm. and I wasn't really, I had a, I had a lot of mentors, mm-hmm. um, but I never really had a ton. I had, you know, I had, I had a couple of, you know, solid people in my life, but I didn't have a lot of people in the profession that I could actually call and, you know, have... And I think it was my own fault. I think I had people out there. I just didn't yeah. reach out. But I would say they've got to have a network that yeah. they can call and ask that question. Um, and not always, maybe it's in their own district. Maybe it's somebody that's going into a position. Yeah. Um, that net that network is huge, but mentors are, are even bigger. Yeah, I, I would agree. Mentor, mentors and coaches. I, I mentioned Dan Farrell. You know, Dan Farrell, when I took on the Brewster super, superintendent role, I used to call him, yeah. Dan, this is what, this is the... This is what I'm dealing with, Dad. Give me your best advice, man, on yeah. what's my options here. You know, you it's know. funny. You brought up, uh, and, and we've talked off off the mic uh, of a person we both respect highly is Randy Russell. And he's a superintendent out in Freeman. And, and Randy Russell may have one of the best nucleus networks that I've ever seen. Um, he still is connected to like the past three or four superintendents mm-hmm. that were in the Freeman School District. Wow. They still are connected to people like the Mike Dunn's of the world, who's ESD superintendent. And, and, and if there's a playbook that's out there, Randy would have a, a great playbook on yeah. how to, to utilize, how to validate your mentors, how to go through that process. Trevor's another one. Mm-hmm. Trevor Green's another one that I, I really enjoy listening to Trevor talk about who he's connected to with his mentors and how he how he uses those folks from a standpoint as, as asking questions and is a lifetime learner. I love when Trevor talks mm-hmm. about being a, just a lifetime learner. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Uh, we'll have you back here soon. That'd and, be awesome. Uh, we'll Break talk, th- talk some golf because I went golf. Yeah, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about that slice, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, actually, I played pretty well. Did you? Yeah. Well, hey, have a great night. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gladiator Seminars podcast. Be sure to visit gladiatorseminars.com. Also, please feel free to share, comment, or send us a message. We'll see you next week.